0: everybody, welcome to our latest podcast, now available on iTunes. Yes, very easily uh, accessible. Not as difficult as it was before. Yeah, you have no excuse now for not listening, so if you are listening to this, then good for you for not needing an excuse. Right. I mean, I suppose my excuse this time was, like, I have not promoted it, but now hopefully... Uh, iTunes will promote it, or maybe even I will. Maybe. Yeah, maybe now you won't be ashamed to promote it, because you maybe. know it's so easy for people to go to iTunes. And yeah, I guess Kenny now is in the, uh, was in the pose, similar to um, Walter White in the poster for Breaking Bad. Oh, uh, what I do think. you mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, uh, it's like wide wide legs and then arms. All right, set. back, yes, somewhat uh, imperial-looking. Yes, So, uh, today, we are going to change things up yet again, because that's the advantage of, I guess, never deciding on a real format. Right. We both love the show Breaking Bad, so uh, in a little bit, uh, we'll be talking about, I guess, whatever we can about that. This will just be our Breaking Bad episode. Yes. But for now, we can get... uh, we can get caught up a little bit, uh, mm. you know. You can feel like you really know us, which you probably do. Let's right. be honest. Yes, uh, all of you. All oh, of by you. the way, my sister, my sister's actually seems to be one of the podcast's biggest fans. She's been recommending it to people. Oh, great! And, like she played it for her friend, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe he subscribed. I don't know, but I guess he did listen to it on his own because like it came up on his Apple TV oh, yes. podcasts. It just it just out of nowhere. I think came because up? he had listened to it. Uh huh. I see. Just by mistake? No, no, because she forced him to. I see. And then it was on his history, and so they were recommending it to him or oh, something. okay. Great. Yeah. So it was very cool to see our, our little thumbnail pop up on his TV. Yes. That still is not, that is not my favorite photograph of myself. <laughs> uh, so to see that being recommended well, to other people. too bad. Yeah. I, Tough luck. Uh-huh. Uh, should we take a new one with your with your new beard? My new beard. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it's obvious uh, to all the listeners. Uh, they can just hear the increased masculinity uh, <laughs> coming through my voice. Uh, the newfound uh, confidence, but yes. I I think it definitely changes the acoustics in the room, all that fuzz on your face. Right, absolutely. Um, What prompted this uh, drastic change in lifestyle? I see it as a combination of factors. Are Uh, you kind of doing a reverse Richard Kimball? Are you a fugitive on the run and now you... (laughs) It's it's not as fast a way to change your identity. Right. It's just, yeah, it's a very... (laughs) Several weeks later, you'll look like a slightly different guy. Right. Uh, Slightly different. Uh, And most of my friends will watch that transformation happen, so they'll be fine. They'll know who I am. Right. But uh, still an effective transformation nonetheless. But I um, started... uh, Well, I took a cross-country trip. I drove cross-country. Okay. And I guess that's one thing you could do during that trip. Is grow a beard while grow driving? Grow a beard while you're appreciating the great did highways. You, did you drive nice. to New York, or I drove, uh, took a plane to New York City. My parents picked me up, and then took me back to their place in suburban New York. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it makes it my my choice of words makes it sound like a kidnapping of some kind. <laughs> but um, so they they picked uh, they picked me up. We and I picked up their car. Which makes it sounds like I stole it, but um, (laughs) a series of criminal events led to to, uh, me fleeing across the country. Yes, fleeing across the country, uh, stopping about every four hundred miles to go to a motel or uh, near a city, Uh but some city motel that you'd pay in cash, use a fake name, sure, and uh, no one would. Everyone would be like, "Oh, this guy had a beard," Mm -hmm. and then therefore you would be. No, no, they would say you didn't have a beard, and now you will grow a beard, and you won't fit their description. Exactly. Actually, I guess it's start, like, I, I decided to begin the beard at the beginning of the trip. Uh, I lost my nerve uh, after about a week into it um, mm-hmm. when I was uh, visiting my girlfriend's... Um, my girlfriend's sister's place. Uh, the sister had children, and I, I think somewhere in the back of my mind, I was worried about frightening them with <laughs> this beard <laughs> because uh, it's so bear-like. What <laughs> I just, I just felt they're, they're going to think I'm a Sasquatch. Yeah, it just. I it, can't do that to them. It, I I feel like it's less. It, it's more psychological just getting used to the idea of having a beard who's your beard model ideally who do you want to look like i've actually thought about this do you Uh, want to look like like chuck klosterman or charlie kaufman or like conan when he had the beard i think probably conan is the the model i think like i've seen pictures yeah i've seen pictures of john Hamm. i think feel like with a beard Mm -hmm. i feel like he looks good these are all like people who i bear no physical (laughs) resemblance at all to uh so it makes no sense at all dan Harmon. Dan Harmon, yeah, Dan Harmon might be closer to the truth. Yeah, um, I don't know if he's ever really a model for what you want to look like. <laughs> yes, it's just, yeah, is a style icon, yeah. Dan Harmon. <laughs> All you have to do is stop bathing as well as stop shaving, and then right. you're there. Just leave bed yeah. temporarily, <laughs> and then you look like Dan Harmon. I don't. I, I haven't thought about Other people I feel like have imposed their uh-huh. own views on it now. They're like, ah, oh, you're trying to look like Ern, Ernest Hemingway? <laughs> Uh, and I don't, yeah, I don't know if I have like a clear. Maybe with beard. the glasses or. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I. You'd think like there would be just a never ending stream of people who mm-hmm. are beard models. Uh, And I, I do. I feel like now I am. I think am, no was a beard model. A lot of people now are like. They dabble in having a beard, but right. uh, you don't necessarily know if they're going to go for it long term. Right. Especially actors, because actors have to always change. Right. Yeah, I. I don't know if I have like a clear beard model. I mean, I think, uh, they're like right now, like the names that are coming to me, like, and just, these are just people mm. that I know that have beards. I don't know. I'm not sure even if they have like the beard that I would like to have. Uh, yeah, there's Freud, uh, Lincoln and Socrates, uh, okay. like a well, uh, humble, Com- humble company. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not making too much of this. We, uh, bought a house this week you bought a house yes wow where um, is that obviously house? it's still in escrow oh i see and okay. everything so are am, am i screw are we screwing things up by uh, is this podcast an attempt are we to, gonna jinx it is this podcast an attempt to jack up the <laughs> or jack down the price of the house oh no no that's all that's all been agreed upon i see okay uh we got a house in mount washington so, oh, okay. so on we'll, the east side. Yeah, so we'll be moving to the east side. Oh wow! Now that okay. you're finally out west, we gotta right. move you, way, move east. You took the you took the hint. Yeah, and headed gotta the get other out direction. of here. Yeah, just yanked up stakes <laughs> really fast. The west side is over. Right. So, what kind of place? Like, um, uh, it's a three bedroom house mm-hmm. uh, up in the hills. Uh-huh. We saw it. it it's been a whirlwind because mm-hmm. we saw it on Sunday. <laughs> uh huh. It, yeah. We saw. So, okay. So we that, saw it on Sunday. So a week ago, a week you did ago, not have a house. less than a week ago, yes, right. uh, we went there. We saw the house for the first time. Mm-hmm. We made an offer the following day, mm-hmm. battling other offers, and then we got it right on Monday. Mm-hmm. And then I spent Tuesday in a state of shock and panic. <laughs> Wait, just that you had you had actually made this tremendous purchase, yeah, uh, and. Uh, just the reality of it all just yeah yeah this tremendous uh life-altering decision Uh made in less than 24 hours Mm -hmm. and then i was just in the aftermath like tuesday i was useless i was just in this state of panic and terror okay but like in the eagle rock uh eagle rock highland park area that we were Mm -hmm. looking at stuff that is like cute and nice Mm -hmm. goes super fast right so there's stuff that's still on the market that is kind of not worth having mm-hmm. but stuff that is nice the market is picking up so that like if if you have a nice house it gets inundated with offers mm-hmm. and then it's gone within days right and so that was kind of the situation that we were in where we saw the open house mm-hmm. and the agent was like oh there's already a bunch of offers and we're going to decide tomorrow right and it was just like oh my god mm-hmm. obviously just to make the decision so fast which you have to do mm-hmm. in the market is just it's a harrowing experience and right. it took me a few days to uh, kind of get comfortable with it. And mm-hmm. so we went out, uh, like we went out on Sunday and we saw the house and then, uh, I told my mom about it cause my mom's been helping us with this. She's the one, the one like contacting realtors and stuff cause oh, she's okay. in real estate. I see. And so right. she knows how it works. And so we told her about it. And so then she called the realtor and, you know, found out what we would need to do. And then it's like, well, they're, you know, they're going to weigh offers tomorrow. And then the, I talked to the agent and she said, they, you know the sellers are emotional about selling this house. They want to make sure it goes to the right person. So you mm-hmm. should write a letter telling why you want the house. And oh, really? And so then we had to sit down and like we, well, he, he was, you and you, you, me and Stephanie. Like you and was, Stephanie, are both writers. Yeah. So, so, so what strings did you? Well, I just wanted to like. All I wanted to do that night, it was just exhausted. I just wanted to watch Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't because I had to write the stupid letter. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, so how long was the letter? Uh, it was just the better part of a page. <laughs> were there uh, were there length requirements? But uh, uh, no, no, they five? didn't give many. Uh, they didn't like, give many details. We need a, we need a five-page letter explaining uh, well, just what you what this house will. Mean I mean, to we you. we talked about how you know how much we liked the house and the area and mm. the space it offered because it's you know it was a pretty good amount of space for the price. Mm-hmm. Because we're expecting a child, and mm-hmm. expecting a child is a really a key heartstring uh-huh. to uh, to pull. So you just yeah, lavish that's that's the one. Is like we want a, we want a wonderful place to uh, to raise our daughter. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. I Which uh, yeah, I don't think you've actually uh, did you even say that it was a daughter? No, I didn't know before. Yes, oh, so wow, that's okay. also news to you. Yes, kapow. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it will, it will be a daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is that, does that ch- oh, so I okay. guess I'll have to rethink all my sexist viewpoints. Exactly. Or, or dig them in deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Just or not. Just dig them in deeper, man. Just I mean, like, uh. You've got them. You've got them. Just like, why, why I mean, start from nothing? <laughs> you look at uh, Don Draper, you know, he's got a daughter and he doesn't seem to have any problem mistreating women. No, absolutely not. Uh, taking them for granted. So. Right. He's the role model, I guess. Yeah, I think so. So, I'm trying to... Yeah, you're taking on all these new roles, too. Yeah. Like, so, like, what kind of house owner do you think you will be... Are you, like, someone who will be... Are you reading up on plumbing and mm. uh, wiring? Are you going to be just mm. fixing stuff all the time? Yeah, no, I haven't done that. I haven't read up on the baby stuff. I think yeah, I'm just going to figure it all out as I go along. Right, just... Uh, I think that's the best way to learn. Right. Just hands-on. Right. Without any knowledge. Yeah, uh, just figure knowledge. it out. How hard can it be? <laughs> I see. Uh, so... Well, the, the, it's funny because, like, we went to the disclosure meeting and mm. the agent was telling us, like... Of a you mean the, financial disclosure, like no, the, the disclosure of like things that have been repaired on the house and oh, things I like see that. that. Okay, and and there was stuff like the like the rain gutters mm-hmm. don't work. Okay, uh, and the sprinklers in the front yard uh, also don't work, and things mm-hmm. like that. Right, and. And she was like, oh, but it's because, you know, the owner is this kind of, uh, he's like a teacher, he's an academic, he's not that interested in that stuff. And right. so, you know, he'll hire a contractor to come out and fix the gutters or fix the sprinklers, but he doesn't really pay attention to what they're doing. He just goes back to his computer and then, right. uh, you know, he doesn't stay on them about it. He doesn't really bother to learn about it. And uh, so, you know, it's just that he's kind of a lazy homeowner. So that's the problem is, that, you know, I'm sure if you stay on these guys, then you'll get a much better quality of work. And I was like, but stay but, on these there was guys? Like, but that's what I want to do. What, I want yeah. to hire somebody and then go back to the computer. I'm I don't want to. I don't want to learn that. about how this stuff works. I want to be yeah. like him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have the same problem. Oh, that doesn't man. help me. Yeah. Well, even just uh, hearing you describe or uh, interpret what these people were saying makes it sound like they were judging that guy. I Was like, ah, he's a he's a lazy homeowner. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess lazy homeowner is that what you're saying? You're, uh, uh, mm, l- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't relish all the, all the new chores and tasks. Are and you like you have a fix do. it type of person too? Uh, not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Stephanie brought the toolbox into this relationship. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. She, when we moved in together, By forcing you to make, no, no, stuff, she, she actually, she's very when we at... moved in together, she had this huge orange toolbox mm-hmm. full of useful tools mm-hmm. the, and, and that she knew how to use. Yeah. Yeah. And I had uh-huh. nothing. I see. Uh, and so, you know, we, we moved in and she had a power drill. uh uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, you just own this. Right. I, I, I think I can figure out the assembly of things pretty well, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know anything about plumbing or, mm-hmm. uh, or electricity. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've taken apart that stupid elliptical, uh, Oh, really? Too many times. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, That's somewhat impressive. Well, it's great because every time you fix something, then you put it back together and there's a different noise. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's a different, so it's a noisy elliptical, just makes it sound like you're just lifting Oh, no, it's terrible. Like the wheel, once we took it apart to fix the first problem, it was never right ever again. And the wheel on the right side is not aligned straight and it scrapes against the casing. It's horrible. Hmm. I, I kept sending emails to customer service and they finally started ignoring me. So uh, they finally started. Yeah, ignoring yeah. me. So like they, at first they, were helpful. Like at first like they were helpful. Effort. At first they were helpful. And then I was like, there's still a problem. And then they do mm-hmm. like, I gonna try this. And then oh there's, okay, well now there's this problem. And now there's this right. problem. I even went to the trouble of making a video of the scraping and I sent it to them and they never replied. <laughs> <You> <laughs> and then I a, could even uh, see, I well, could even see on YouTube that it had not been viewed. Oh, really? Okay, then nobody cared. Yeah, they didn't even look at my video of how things were scraping. Mm -hmm. So, fuck you, Schwinn. Wow, man. Fuck you, Schwinn. Wow. And you're fucking elliptical. Man, so it makes a different... So, you've heard several different noises as you make this. So, what is... What does it sound like you're doing when you're doing the elliptical? Are you, oh, like, lifting, uh, uh, moving barbells and doing the elliptical? There's It's most, most of the scraping, but there's also kind of a clunk, so it might be like you were lifting barbells and then putting them back down again. I see. Yeah. Just a very much more specific workout experience. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you're... A little, a little extra jolt with yeah. every... You're moving uh, a sofa up the steps as you go <laughs> through the steps. Yeah, you're rolling it end over end. <laughs> right. Okay, so homeowner and dad. So, like, uh, what kind of dad do you see yourself becoming? Like, uh, are you going to be... Am I going to be the cool dad, the fun dad? Are you going to be spanking this person? Are you going to be... are you going to be handing out cigars at the, uh, <laughs> the birth? Yeah, sure. Sure. I'll, uh, I'll be sitting in the men's only waiting room uh-huh. doing nothing except preparing to hand out cigars. Right. Just, uh, <laughs> just flipping through a Playboy magazine. Those were the, those were the days. God. Right. I really dread being in the delivery room. hmm It just feels, that's just going to be horrifying. I remember in, in, uh, in like, um, in college, in avant-garde film class, mm-hmm. I think there's like a Stan Brackage movie mm-hmm. uh, that he made of his wife giving birth, uh-huh. and it was so fucking horrifying. <laughs> <Just gross laughs> yeah, that was at. the first time I'd seen her a uh, birth was part of that uh, Brackage film, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was can see it has the, the yeah I can practically see the movie just watching the <laughs> look on your face. And uh, I was yeah I was so unhappy to have seen that. Mm-hmm. After I saw that movie, I was just like, well, you know what uh Forget about sex. It's really not worth it. Yeah, it's not. None of this. Yeah, is worth it. None of it. <laughs> Nothing is worth just what, what I just saw. Everybody and forget yeah. about all all of this. Yes. Yeah. Forget about the species. Yeah. Just really. Just... We don't really need it. Uh, yeah, it's I don't not want to see it. that happen. No. Oh God. <laughs> right. So when, uh, is there a move-in date for the house? Mm, no, no. I mean, uh, probably it'll take about thirty days for the whole thing. So uh-huh. a few more weeks. Wow. So you mean uh, 30 days From, for all of the, for the yeah. financials? Yeah, for, for the escrow and I, I don't know what escrow is. Me neither. It sounds great. Uh, yeah. I can, know it takes 30 days. Uh-huh. You can, yeah, you can just toss out all of these like adults. Yeah, phrases that's now. true. That's true. You can just toss them out and then you yeah. just immediately sound like a responsible yeah. adult. Well, you know, it's time to buy with interest rates being low. Right. You can talk about that stuff and seem sort of like what you're talking about. Right. Uh, yeah. You don't know. I have no, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I really don't know. I really don't. Um, uh, yeah. Escrow, uh, equity. Uh, yeah. We're going to be building equity for sure. Building equity. Yeah, man. Totes equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like a comedy, uh, I guess trope the, like just where you kind of take a, a boring, uh, financial term and then try to hip it up. <laughs> uh, totes equity. Yeah. Uh, uh, wicked low interest rates. Uh, wicked low what? interest rates. Right. Yeah. <laughs> With rad, rad, pitch <laughs> escrow. Yeah. I don't know. Now I. Now I just sound. Yeah. That, that's even worse combination of words. Yeah. And property values are totally grody. Gro- grody to <laughs> the max. When I go to write, like I like to go to the Montana. Uh, library branch, like, uh, it's the oh. Santa Monica oh, okay. library on Montana Avenue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I got there, I think it was like two or maybe between two and three on mm-hmm. a weekday. And there were just like children, like running around the library, like yelling. And, uh, and then the moms were all there and it seemed like it was like a, like a camp or some sort of summer activity, which was maybe coming to an end at uh-huh. the library, um, like a story hour or something. Uh, and I was like, I, I began to feel like an old man, just a crappy <laughs> old man where I was like, shut up kids. Like, uh-huh. I was, and almost felt like yelling at the parents. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I think like also like, then it kind of moved to a different place in my head too, of uh, these, these rich parents, uh, mm-hmm. they're just, they feel like the, the library is like their toilet or their playground uh-huh. and they don't give a crap about uh-huh. the kids. This is like right. public property mm-hmm. that they, they just feel like is, uh, uh like if I, I kept thinking, like if this were like an actual like Starbucks or some Montana, uh, place where they would see other people of perhaps their class or station or whatever, mm-hmm. like, again, this is all, this is, this is where my <laughs> mind is going with this. Uh-huh. Like, I think like yeah, you can sense like some <laughs> resentment pouring out. But like mm-hmm. if they went to like a Starbucks, that that would uh, <laughs> that behavior would not fly or uh, it, it, but th- what happened to all the librarians who shush people? I don't know. They're gone. I guess they yeah, they're not taking responsibility for it. The parents are not taking responsibility for it. Hmm. The kids are just kind of running wild. Yeah, the library is supposed to be quiet. That was I mean, yeah. I mean, that was that's that's been my uh, yeah. understanding of libraries mm-hmm. but yeah and then i just kind of felt like well like it's not my if it's none mm-hmm. of their responsibilities like i guess it's not my responsibility yeah. but th- i was like this feels wrong like uh <laughs> this like these kids are running around the parents and i think like, someone's got to do something someone's got to do something so that's when you got to become batman but for kids batman for kids you are just like unruly children mm-hmm. the superhero pops out to right, just scare some sense into him. Right. And then just leaves. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, Quiet in the library.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No screaming. Right. I mean, I think, uh, I guess Batman maybe just, uh, learned that behavior. Yeah. His, his, just his voice was, yeah. that's where he practiced. In the beginning <laughs> was at, I, in the you know, library. I think, uh, we could, society could maybe do with some small scale superheroes like that. Right. You know, not everybody has to be saving the world, right. just like dedicate yourself to a certain specific petty annoyance right and just and then to... go get out there and scare people straight. People, Actually, oh you know what? people That's... smoking too close to a restaurant right swoops That's... in. <laughs> Too much noise out of Pitches that cigarette out. Shoves it, (laughs) smashes it between his hands. Just sensing littering going on somewhere. Uh, (laughs) Keeping... Didn't uh, use your turn signal at a lane change. uh Smash right down on your windshield. Right. Uh, Park in two parking spaces. Yeah. (laughs) Here comes the Batmobile. Here comes the Batmobile to crush your car into (laughs) the (laughs) proper space. (laughs) I mean, so one thing about, in terms of the parental mindset and worrying about stuff Mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, like the thing, the news that as of this recording, uh, uh, came out yesterday about the shooting at the Dark Knight Rises, uh, screening in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, stuff like that, obviously, obviously that's scary for everyone, but it definitely makes you think about like, you know, if you were there with your with your kid or with your pregnant wife, like, what would you do? And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and there were kids at the screening and even like babies at the screening. Right. Uh, yeah. There's like a four month old. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a baby that got shot. Um, that's, that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty nuts to have the baby at the screening, I right? Guess. Uh, but no, uh, right that aside like uh it is nuts to also have your baby shot uh, yes uh, like, yeah you don't you don't expect that and right. uh you don't you know and nobody deserves that no it's it's a i mean it's a thing that also i think i think you know i wasn't you know i wasn't in high school during the columbine shootings mm-hmm. i wasn't in college during the virginia tech shootings but i think right. it's one of those things like if you were going to you know if you were in school during something like that it might it might hit you a little more directly because you can kind of see yourself in the situation a little more. Right. And in this situation, because it's a movie that everybody wants to see. And mm-hmm. like I, many people have been eagerly anticipating and, you know, I'm going to see it tomorrow night. Right. Um, it's very easy to see yourself in that position and cause you're going to be <laughs> in that position. Well, I mean, like, and then they were just like, it's, it's a, uh, it's a very scary thing. And, and it's also, you know, and it, I mean, obviously, first of all, I, I hate, Talking about tragedies like this, like people uh, take to Twitter to like be like, "This is horrible," and yes yeah, so of course right. it is. Yeah, but it's it's very hard to talk about stuff like this uh, sensitively. I think because like you want to. I mean, it's a given that it's it's awful, right? Uh, and you can't say that enough. But at the same time, it's also pointless to keep saying that, right? And you just think about how people like if they're at the midnight screening, they're that passionate about this movie. They're that much, you know, they're that's as excited so as a, they come. Like they were, you know. It. They were so psyched up for a good time. Mm. I was talking to uh, to Jace when mm. The Avengers was about to come out. Right. Um, and Jace was so excited for The Avengers. Uh-huh. Uh, our friend Jace. Right. And, uh, and he had this, like, paranoid fear, like, what if I die before that movie comes out? Uh-huh. Never mind he had a child on the way as well. Right. But, uh... <laughs> but... But he was it's one of those things like it's so eagerly anticipated and I've had this thought about like movies that I was really anticipating and it's so stupid because a movie isn't the only reason you want to live, but at the same time you're like, What if I didn't live to see that movie? How horrible would that be? Right. It's this dumb thought. And he's had that thought and like these are people at this midnight screening, they wanted the first chance possible to see that movie. Right. There are people who probably thought that. Right. And they literally got shot as they were about to see it. Right. And, I mean, uh, it's hard to see it as, like, a punishment for wanting to see that movie. No, no. But, well, and also, it's like, time. it's not like it wouldn't, into, it's not like if they got shot at the end of the movie, it would have been less sad. Right. They're but, like, ah, finally. And then but, just. But there is, you know, on the grand scale, a fairly petty injustice, but that injustice of, like these people who wanted to see it the most were denied the chance. I mean, that's so stupid, but yeah, it's hard because like you, with this event, like you, you do try to, uh, force like a story onto it or into, well, and not to, you know, and not to trivialize the tragedy Mm. of everything that's happened to all these people. But I feel like, in, in cases like this, a lot of times my mind goes to the trivial parts of the tragedy, yeah, and sure. and that's maybe why I have trouble discussing things sensitively because like uh, I'll go for the minutia. Right. I'll be like, these people really wanted to see it. Now they couldn't. That sucks. <laughs> but like, also, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess like you could see just about any tragedy as like ah, uh, those people couldn't see like uh, <laughs> couldn't see the Avengers or, or but right. the people like uh, on. Uh, planes on, you know, on September 11th or uh, in the midst of any tragedy were people who are on their way towards something enjoyable, perhaps, uh, something they were eagerly anticipating, excited about, and now wouldn't get to experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I've had a version of that thought where Uh I'm like, man, yeah, I guess like. You know, there, I want this thing to happen. What would happen mm-hmm. if something like uh, September 11th or right. something horrible happened? And Before I earthquake. could experience yeah, Yeah. Well, and I think, and, and that is something that you also bring to it. Like, you know, when you, when you have a kid to think about, then you, you do think of the kid as one of those enjoyable <laughs> experiences yeah. that you want to, uh, not die for, <laughs> um, The other, the other thing is like you, you know, you look at it selfishly because you're like, I really wanted to enjoy this movie. I've been eagerly anticipating this movie. Hopefully, I won't get shot while watching it. But my enjoyment will be compromised by the awareness and the association with this horrible tragedy. Right. And this is a selfish way to look at it. Not your first concern, but it's there. Right. It's one of these trivial things that you go to buzz. Yeah. Yeah. And now you know, even if you watch it at home, they're always gonna. I think there was a, it was kind of a stupid article, but it did make a good point. It was mm-hmm. just like, you know, now whenever you watch the, the first scene with gunfire, which is supposedly when, it, when the shooting started, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, this must have been that scene. Right. And, you know, you've got that hanging over it. Mm-hmm. I have a t-shirt mm-hmm. for Dark Knight Rises that Stephanie right. got me. Right. And it was too big. So Stephanie got me another one. So I have two t-shirts now. I have two T-shirts for this movie. that now have like Apollo on them. I see. I can't wear either T-shirt. I mean, you you can you can. Uh, it's you. <laughs> and now, <laughs> now it, you're like, well, at if least you do for, that then... for a few months. Yeah, probably. Although, just to trivialize it to the the, the most trivial level we've wasted money on two shirts that I can't wear. Uh, I, I would say you probably can wear those shirts, at the very least, uh, just around the house. But they'll... Uh, if that just makes everything seem sad. Won't they, like, bum people out? I don't... I don't know. I don't really... I mean, I think... It what, makes it harder to, like, you know, like, merchandise. You don't want to, like, celebrate the movie when it has this association. I mean, I think, like, the only thing that I... At right now, like, I'm imagining having a trouble with is just, like, seeing... Scenes of gun violence just kind of... I think, like, that would yeah. be more difficult than, like, Batman mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, the Batman being associated with that. Uh-huh. Like, all the gunfire in the movie is going to be really uncomfortable. Right. I mean, I think, uh, like, I remember, again, like, this is September 11th, but, like, you know, right after September 11th, just hanging out with people in New York and... Like going to a bar and there being a video game, and you're just—it's one of those shooter video games—and mm-hmm. that was extremely uh, unpalatable. Like right. to be by that, yeah. Um, uh, like that did not seem like a fun idea to mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> to shoot at uh, other people to watch things explode, right? In the yeah. game, and I guess that that would be the thing that bothers me. Like I, oh, you know what? I, that reminds me of a point. When I listened to our previous podcast about G.I. Joe and how right. they wreck entire cities right. just for the sake of a thrill, right. I realized a good argument to what I had been saying mm. is, you know, something like September 11th, which you would think would make you more sensitive to seeing a whole city destroyed. Right. But I feel like September 11th maybe is what ruined just blowing up the White House. Right. Like just blowing up a building, mm. I think now maybe just feels too real. Right you have to blow up an entire city right. for it to feel like a fantasy again. Mm-hmm. I see. So maybe that's, maybe that's why, maybe it's not the numbness to cinema violence that's mm-hmm. forced us to up the ante. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the, n- the real life, life violence. violence that has numbed us or that has sensitized us or something. Right. I mean, it's, it's it's reset our recalibrated. Yeah. Our, our meter somehow. Like if you, yeah, I mean, if you watch, um, Destruction in a movie now, like it does seem much more realistic than it probably would have been, right? Like 20 years ago, right? Because when September 11th happened, it was like this This would only ever happen in a movie, right? You kind of want to resist the urge to. Build like a bigger story around it. Yeah. I'm like, geez. Well, I guess there was another big shootout that happened in another part of Denver. And I'm like, what is it with that? Oh, area? was it? Well, Littleton. I guess. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Littleton, Colorado. So you're like, you well, know. well, uh, if if Michael Moore is to be believed, it's because of the defense contractors, right? And their aura of violence. Yeah, I was that trying to the people there. I guess I was trying to pull that back in my head. I was like, did Denver? Like, I guess. Just kind of wonder, like you know, I drove through Denver. I'm like, well, how? Maybe I saw someone. I probably ran into people who were affected. Yeah, yeah, that's true. um, Who know somebody who knows someone? Maybe. Yeah, you're just. uh, It's very weird how interconnected everything is, right? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I I was. It was hard for me to like to think about. Like, well, is there something in the culture of Colorado, or just yeah? Well, there's also the like the inevitable gun control debate that comes out of all of these things. And, you know, there's the thing of, uh, you know, if, if people, if people were allowed to carry uh, to have a concealed carry permit, and then there might be somebody who could shoot back or at least deter people who think there might, who think there could be someone who could shoot back. Right. And so the argument is like, well, Colorado already has concealed carry and it didn't help in this case. Right. But on the other hand, theaters often have that little sign on the door that has a gun with the line through it. (laughs) So if you were a law abiding citizen, you might leave your gun at home. Right. Uh, yeah, so, there's... so who's to blame? Mm-hmm. Is it the laws that allow people to carry the guns or is it that sign on the theater that says not in here, buddy? Right. I don't know. I think, yeah, it was because the, the day before I'd been talking to like some students in class who were just like, geez, like, uh this is before that had happened. Uh-huh. Like, well, but what? you were talking about guns in America? Yeah, they were just like, well, what is it with guns in America? And I was like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's easier or hard. I don't know what you need to get one mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's just in the history of this country to uh, to own guns mm-hmm. and to need them. Well, and I think there are certain kinds of crimes where, you know, possessing a gun does can help defend you, like, in certain home invasion circumstances. And I've read stuff about how, like, in countries where guns are where the public is not allowed to own guns mm-hmm. you know there aren't as many big shootings like this but you know there might be more home invasions because criminals can break in with impunity knowing that someone's not going to be able to shoot them right uh, and so there's more crimes like that and i i do like i mean i do like the ideal of people being able to have guns and defend themselves and right. i like the idea that we can all be trusted to have guns. And if somebody goes crazy with guns, someone else who's responsible with a gun can take them down. Right. Like, I think I, I have like a kind of a very libertarian idea about that. that I, I really, That's appealing to me. Right. Admittedly, it doesn't seem to work very well. Yeah. I wish I, we could be trusted to live that way. Yeah. I, I don't know like what it is and like American culture where, because most, most of the nuts who amass a lot of guns don't actually do this. Right. Most of them just go out and shoot at cars on weekends or something. Right. They're just going to go to some junkyard. Or yeah. And the guys like, who do range. this aren't those, you know, lifelong NRA members who collect lots of, like, they're the guys who get a bunch of guns just for this one thing and then right. go do it. Right. I mean, I guess I, I grew up with, uh, I guess in a pretty liberal house, uh, you know, just kind of, um, standard like New York. Jewish, liberal uh-huh. house, but like I guess my dad uh, and I guess a, a bunch of his friends from the old neighborhood and uh, Bronx and Brooklyn, like they they would go out. Um, they like to use guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, they I think my dad like growing up had like a a Winchester belt buckle, uh-huh. uh, and we like learned how to shoot. Uh, oh wow! And um and like BB guns. Yeah and. Uh, I feel like BB guns are kind of a part of, uh, I don't know if they still are, but uh, like when I was growing up, like a part of growing up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my friend had like this cheap BB gun, which fortunately only shot like plastic BBs, not like real metal BBs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he like shot me in the head with it. (laughs) (laughs) It just shot me like right between the eyes. Whoa. With, like, there was like a little mark like on my brow. Wow. Yeah. I don't, uh, I had some friends, yeah, who would like shoot, uh. I think, like, it would slowly move from, like, targets to Uh uh, animals, then to, like, Mm -hmm. you, eventually. And I think, yeah, like, growing up as a kid in America, you do have, like... um, Toy guns, at least. And I don't think BB guns guns maybe so much anymore. Right. Not in the city, anyway. Yeah, tons of toy guns. uh, My dad talked about how, when he was a kid, like, his dad had the rifle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think when he was, like, I don't know, like, 12 or 13, he was like, oh, can I take it out? And his dad's like, yeah, sure. It just, like, let him walk off into the woods. He's, like, walking across town with a rifle, like Uh, a real rifle. Right. And my dad looks back on this now, like, he must have just wanted me to die. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you just let a kid do that? I don't know. I mean, I, I just wonder if it is, like... Yeah, the priorities seem to have switched as parents, where, like, people like are all over you and about certain things and then Mm -hmm. like totally don't give a crap about others. Yeah. So like running wild in a library. (laughs) Right. Right. But like, yeah, back uh, in the fifties, never would have let a kid wreak havoc in a library, but if you wanted to play with a gun, absolutely. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I've been a breaking bad fan since the very beginning because I was, uh, I was a big kind of, uh, Brian Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was, I was eager to see, uh, what he was doing next. Here's another role with him in his underpants. Uh-huh. Seems to be in his wheelhouse. Right. So I was hooked from, I was hooked from the first episode and, uh, I know a as lot. a fan, you don't have as much cred as I do. I suppose not. No, I don't have. The... <laughs> I just want to establish that I right off the bat that, you, you that know, I'm better. You liked it before it was cool. Yeah. To yeah. To like it. Right. I guess like I've I got into Breaking Bad because of a, a Netflix uh, instant subscription. Like, uh, uh... I mean, it's, that's the way a lot of people have have uh, gotten into the show. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about the the new season? We've we've. Uh... Talk about the, why we love well, him. the uh, the first uh, the first episode of the new season aired uh, a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second episode will air tomorrow, and uh, we won't be able to talk about this mm-hmm. and talk about it, even though the podcast will go up after that. Mm-hmm. I realized while we were talking mm-hmm. that you look like Walt in the cold open of the new season. Yes, that's what I was uh, <laughs> I was thinking about. <laughs> that here. was he's your beard model. Yes, he is my beard model because he's got he's got then like the plastic heavy framed glasses. By mm-hmm. then, right. And then the beard. Yes, and the hair, too. Yeah, and, and the, the hair is back. Too. His hair is back. Um, yeah, I think I, I was, as a new beard owner, uh-huh. uh, I was appreciating the beard. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I was like, huh, that's, that's nice. Nah, he looks good. I'm going to look like that. Yeah, maybe I can do that. But yeah, I think I missed a few things in that first scene. Um, mm. So we can speculate about what that means. Yeah, I guess I, I was wondering what it meant. It's My guess is that... At some point, he is on. So he is uh, on the run now. Uh-huh. Uh, perhaps he actually has relocated to New Hampshire, or maybe he has just created a new identity for himself. His wife right. tried to wipe his life clean. Whether that means that like there, there's a ton of bodies uh, where his uh, family used to be uh-huh. uh, is another entirely, mm-hmm. like whether his wife or his kids are still alive, whether uh-huh. Jesse is still a friend of his or is now, uh, fighting against him. We don't know. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's going to, he's 52, mm-hmm. which means, two uh, years after two years after, the, after the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been about one year since the beginning. And I think I read somewhere that this season, there's an episode called 51, mm-hmm. which implies that it's been less than a year and it'll be one year as of some point this season. Mm-hmm. So this is like a year into the future. Okay. And uh, I was, I was actually thrown off when I was watching it. Cause I went to the breaking bad panel at comic con. Oh, okay. And they said that that scene harkened back to the pilot and you'd be able to place it in time. Mm-hmm. And I misunderstood what they meant. And mm-hmm. so I forgot how old he was in the pilot. And I thought that maybe this was supposed to be taking place before the pilot. Like he was involved in some shady thing before any of this went down. Oh, and so no. I totally misread it. And then I real, then when I remembered and looked up and double checked that. Oh yeah, he was fifty in the pilot. No, that's one thing I remember. Then it was like, oh, okay, he's fifty. So this is later, which makes much more sense. If they spent a lot of time with him breaking up that piece of bacon. Like yeah. I was like, who is this person with the bacon? And then I, I guess I kind of remember a few. There's a there are a lot of shots in this uh, in this series of him fiddling with uh, breakfast and. Uh-huh. Uh, well, lunch. he made a he made a fifty out of bacon in the pilot, right? Oh, I don't I don't remember that. I think yeah. somebody made a fifty out of bacon in the pilot. Oh, maybe his wife did. Yeah, so that's calling that's the pilot callback that, oh, that okay. I misunderstood. But there are a lot of uh, yeah. shots on the show of him cutting off crusts. Oh, that's true. Uh, of him uh, messing around with pancakes. There's well, uh, Walter Junior is notorious for his only function is to eat breakfast. Right. Yes, I've I heard that. <laughs> yes. He Walter Junior loves breakfast. Right. And websites. Yeah. Breakfast and websites. He loves <laughs> those two things. Well, he loves cars. Cars, loves breakfast, and websites. Yeah. He does not has no sex life. Yeah. <laughs> he has no interest in. Uh, he has a uh, I guess another friend who is uh, I believe paralyzed or oh has, really i, I don't know that. Another, we haven't seen his friend he like one friend i think who's come over that's about it and he's uh was tormented by mm-hmm. bullies uh but we haven't seen that yeah. either well because uh, now he's huge yeah he's huge uh he's just this immensely powerful yeah. child with cerebral palsy right or whatever <laughs> uh Okay, so also they, they brought back, it's another great scene at Denny's. Mm-hmm. So now this show, on this show, Denny's is where you go after you clean up a body. Right. Or when you need to buy an illegal machine gun. Wait, where was the Denny? What what was the... It was after, uh, I think it was in Box Cutter, after Gus slits oh, the guy's throat. They go to Denny's. Yeah, and it's soon. like, all right, you guys clean this up. And then after they clean it up, then they're... They go to Denny's. Then they go to Denny's. Mm -hmm. And I think it cuts from them, like, mopping up blood to fries and the ketchup. Oh, okay. Nice. And it's clearly Denny's. Yes. Oh, it was very... Yeah, like Denny's is outside on the sign outside. And in this episode, it was also clearly Denny's. Uh Uh-huh. So I love how they 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 use Denny's on the show. They've mentioned a few brand names, too. I think, like, there was... I think Gus had like a Samsung laptop. Yeah, they did. Uh, Gus had a. Just, I don't remember if he had a Samsung laptop last season, but it was clearly a Samsung laptop right. this season. And I guess they. There was some. Uh, the yeah, Dodge Challenger coming. was very prominently featured. Yeah, I don't know uh, what the product placement uh, has become on That, that, that show. drove me. That that annoyed me a little when uh, Walter Jr. was trying to claim that it had good gas mileage because uh-huh. I also lust after that car and uh-huh. I know for a fact that it does not have yes. good gas mileage. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like that is not a defense you could use for that car, right? That was. But again, reason. I thought that was really well used product placement where they just destroy it, right? That's funny. Uh, I thought. it... It was perfect where, like, you get to see it being cool, so you get your product placement money. Hmm. You know, you get your value while spinning donuts in it. Right. Having a great time, but then he right. just blows it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, okay. So, he is, uh, I guess, he in that episode, he is meeting with, it looks like, the same guy who sold maybe his he, pistol at the beginning of last season. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, uh, and he has a brief conversation in the bathroom with that guy that mm-hmm. I... Uh, that I could not hear. Uh, Oh, really? Like, there's a couple... I'll have to watch it again. I think the guy said, promise me this doesn't make it over the border. Oh, okay, right. And Walt said that it wouldn't leave town, I Mm -hmm. think. So he's got business with whoever's right there in town. Right. Probably Mike or Jesse. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, things... Eventually, Jesse's got to find out about Jane and Brock. Right. And it's... And then it's going to be war between them. Mm-hmm. There is no turning back after that. Right. I mean, I think, yeah, he will find out. I mean, he's done. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, Walt has been a pretty terrible friend. Uh, yeah. He's murdered this guy's one love. Well, he uh, didn't murder her. He, uh, he was mur- murdered he, by... He uh, let her die. Yes. And maybe he caused it a little bit. Yes. is um I'm trying to think of the murder by association perhaps, or, uh, uh, by doing nothing. Yeah. I imagine, but he also caused her to choke by shaking Jesse. Right. I imagine there's, uh, like a philosophy class out there somewhere being taught around breaking bad, like around (laughs) ethical decisions. Uh Well, it's like that problem of the guys on the train tracks. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. I still think about that. Like there was one class I took and I still think about those, uh, those dilemmas. Um, there's like ethical another... puzzles well one day you will be standing on an overpass that has a track switch on it right looking down at a group of men on a pair of train tracks. And I will be ready. Yes, yeah, you'll be, be like, be... good thing I thought this through, because I yeah. know exactly whose life I'm going to trade for. Who's. Right, exactly. I've Yeah, I've been watching those people down yes. there. I know. Because there is a right answer, and you've come to it by Absolutely, now. there is a right <laughs> answer. So, yeah, we see him in that first episode, uh, at that first part of the episode, and he uh, has uh, what looks like a, a major... Assault weapon, yeah. assault rifle in uh, in the trunk of the, in the car trunk he's of acquired. This, this new car yeah. that he's acquired. Um, his old car, he has a car which has New Hampshire plates on it. Right? Oh no, no, he takes the gun to his own car. To no, them. I know, yeah, I know. But he has. Okay, yeah. uh, I think his car now has New Hampshire plates right. on it. And yeah, I, th- that's what I, he is. I thought it was kind of funny how eager like the the chipper pretty waitress keeps talking to him. Yeah, whereas like. If you saw a guy who looked like he does in a diner, you would leave him alone. Right. Yeah, exactly. She's a funny character. This sullen, quiet guy with, like, the rumpled army jacket and the thick beard Mm. who's not interested in talking at all. Like, (laughs) this guy seems, like, as dangerous as you get. (laughs) Right. And she's just, really eager to talk. Uh, yeah, I assume we'll, we'll see, I have a feeling we'll see that character again. The waitress, you think? Maybe, yeah. Um, uh but that that scene seems to you know hold a lot of clues as to where we're going so mm-hmm. it's it's probably one of the most fascinating scenes yeah in I an mean, episode i mean there are a few there are, there are a number of them um yeah the episode there there is a bit of a greatest hits quality uh-huh. to the first episode where they bring back uh that guy who destroyed the rv uh, yeah. to uh and there is a bit of like kind of mr wizardry uh with him and the big magnet, right? Uh, which I guess was the intention was to wipe, definitely wipe that laptop's hard drive clean. Right. But but they've also uncovered some connection to a secret account that Gus had. Right. Okay. So some other thing in, in Gus's uh, picture frame. Right. I mean, I guess I I wasn't sure what the reveal was going to be that like um, Hank had the laptop at his house or something mm-hmm. and was using it and it was not there uh-huh. uh, but I guess uh, so they're a little screwed now they have uh, uh, Walter I think there are at least two scenes where Walter uh, basically shows himself to be like a, a like a scary even more scary egomaniac than before right uh, where he eventually Walt manages to succeed. In screwing up the hard drive by using a huge magnet, right? And then in the car ride back, well, well then they which they then abandon at the scene because right. the truck has tipped over because mm-hmm. he turned up the magnet so high, right? So that's one another. And Walt on his and Walt claims that it's all untraceable scrap, but mm. it seems like a magnet like that would be very easy to trace. Yeah, I don't know, probably it, because there's only so many wrecking yards where you could get it, and mm. also it's not out of the question that Hank would start with the same scrapyard where they ditched the RV. Right. Sure. <laughs> so the yeah. magnet actually seems very traceable. Mm-hmm. We'll see if the show ex- expects us to also take Walt at his word uh-huh. or whether that's a sign of his hubris. Uh, Mike, again, kind of being the voice of reason, just like, well, why didn't you clear this with us? Uh, mm-hmm. Why are you not worried about this? Uh-huh. And it's like, well, I'm always right. I think So it, they you said, reason? like, is, how can you be sure that you, you got it? Because right. Walt's well, like, what's done? It's done. Right. It's like, how can you be sure? And he says, because I said so. Right. So, okay. Uh, and he, he says, does and it And even me. Jesse looks kind of concerned. Right. And then, this is insane. Right. And then later there's a confrontation between Saul and mm-hmm. Walt, where basically Saul uh, admits that he was part of... Uh, he, he poisoned Brock, basically, or was yeah, yeah, part we, of that. Yeah, we learned that he was part of that scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also he reveals to Walt that he was he was working with Skylar mm-hmm. to deal with Ted. Right. And didn't tell Walt about it. Right. And that uh, prompts uh, a furious response from Walt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Saul backs out. And then Walt says, no, you don't back out. You back out when I... Yeah. You're done when I say yeah i'm done and then so i was like oh oh okay. yeah he's become a fearsome character now right and then the final one is when he confronts skylar about oh. it right and then just says i forgive you right oh, yeah, at the very end uh, yes i forgive you one of my favorite parts of the episode because it's so it's so chilling and like it's it's so great because of like the layers of it which is that it's this magnanimous gesture, mm-hmm. but a guy who thinks that magnanimous gesture is his to give right. is a scary <laughs> and dangerous guy. Yeah. And, there, and you can and see there, it like in her other, face. Other people say it. I mean, I guess yeah. I was trying to, it's hard to pin down exactly why that is so uh, creepy, but uh, yeah. sort of like, I guess... Well, it's maybe, like he's God. Yeah, he, I forgive you. It's his grace that lets you live. Right, Exactly. Yeah, and it, it seems so temporary, uh, right? Like that—that yeah, that could be removed at any time. Yeah, yeah. The other, there's another. So yeah, I think my favorite scene. But all those scenes, like, are all great. Yeah, I love all of those scenes. Uh, the one where uh, Skylar sees Ted, I think, also is a favorite. Oh it's, yeah. Ted is just terrified. Uh, <laughs> he uh, just uh, all I all I just all I could hear him say was uh, just, uh, I didn't tell anybody anything. And I yeah. feel like that's all he said. I don't know if he said anything else. Uh, I think he said, like, I have kids, I have a family, I won't say a word. Just It's all right. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, but he just looks terrified. He doesn't yeah. seem to look her in the eyes. Yeah, we uh, can't tell exactly how fucked up he is, like if he has brain damage or spinal damage or exactly what the problem is, but he's right. badly fucked up. Right. Yeah, I think like... That. And that yeah, transition on her, that's a great Skylar moment mm-hmm. where she goes from feeling horrible and worried mm. to owning the moment. Right. And just being like, well, if you're afraid, then that's useful. Mm-hmm. So I'll act like I meant to do it. Right. Yeah. Watching it and in retrospect, a pretty strong yeah. episode. I, I think, I feel like I was a little underwhelmed by the Magnet Heist. Yeah. The Magnet Heist seemed sort of cartoony and then kind of, uh, I guess the... I mean, it was a cool, like, big, like, because, you know, every so the show goes big and it's kind of mm-hmm. cool, but mm-hmm. I felt like this one... It was. It's just so reminiscent of a heist movie uh-huh. that it feels a little less special. What the 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 whole plot to get the magnet to the to erase the evidence. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a very heist movie sort of bit, mm-hmm. and normally I love when shows do heist movie bits. Mm-hmm. But I feel like on Breaking Bad we've seen so many more unique things from the show. Right. That seeing Breaking Bad do that do a heist movie is kind of like. Eh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess like the scale. -hmm. Of this is both big and small. Yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of of a cool cleverness, like where, you know, they don't have to go inside. Mm -hmm. They can use the magnet from outside. And it is kind of a big destructive stunt. mm -hmm. He's willing to compromise the department's evidence on any number of cases to save his own ass. Right. But it, yeah, I mean, I think maybe it was a little bit. Um, unsatisfying dramatically because mm-hmm. you're like, well, I, I, don't know exactly how this thing works and mm-hmm. you don't have like a long waltz speech kind of explaining it mm-hmm. really. Um, or what the ups and downs of this would be. Uh-huh. Uh, so like he, he's just turning a dial and yeah. you don't know exactly. Yeah, it's it's very it's very simple for the show in a way, mm-hmm. um, and there's a couple of big buys you have to make to get there. Right. I think we'll see we'll see how the truck is dealt with because the show tends not to just drop stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, even though Walt is telling us to let it drop. Right. I think depending on how they follow up with the truck and the magnet and everything that they left there, mm-hmm. it could be you know it could be the thing that in retrospect makes it work or not mm-hmm. for me. I think another favorite moment in the show was like the beginning and you see him just kind of settle at home and Uh then slowly he like remembers oh forgot to do this oh yeah like and then he kind of cuts back gets ready to drink his scotch and then like oops forgot something else yeah like that uh it it didn't occur to me that he would not have cleaned that stuff up already right but i guess he was in such a rush to make it to to make this his plan work Mm -hmm. there was no time for that right also i was surprised i mean not as surprised, but i kept waiting for to see where he would take that stuff to get rid of it right because it was just in his car when the family came back and he didn't really have a chance to do anything yeah i mean there's so many good things about it like Mm -hmm. it's a nice way to uh remind people of what happened yeah uh and it also it cuts nicely with the opening where he's another trunk and he's Mm -hmm. kind of putting stuff in the trunk again oh that's right Uh, yeah so like it's uh yeah, it was just, uh, and it was funny, like mm-hmm. the way it was done. Uh, like it kind of make you know, makes him human. Mm-hmm. Uh, One thing, uh, Aaron Paul said at the panel, mm-hmm. and and I went to I went to the panel with um, with my friend Russ from uh-huh. Turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, we went together, and he wasn't caught up on season four yet. He was like halfway through season four, oh, no. but. Uh, I was going to the Breaking Bad panel, so he had to come along. Uh-huh. And the panel was nothing but spoilers. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the moderator just went down the lines, like, so, at the end of last season, Walt was doing this. And so, right. and then you'd go down to, like, Aaron Paul. And was like, so, Jesse, at the end of last season, Jesse's just done... This. And so it was just, like, <laughs> mit- meticulously spoiled uh-huh. every last bit. So, uh, that was too bad for him. Yeah. There's also, uh, what I was going to say was that Aaron Paul said that this season has, like, an eerie tone. Mm-hmm. And he compared it to uh, the end of Crawl space. oh okay uh where walt is laughing oh and that, right, right, that right. sort of eerie feeling right he said yeah. that the the whole season has that tone okay yeah there is kind of that's set already yes mm-hmm. well, another thing that i liked about um the business with gus is the idea of like hang on sorry like his transition to you see gus become you see gus kind of at maybe not the start but close to the start of his career Mm -hmm. uh and gus who's like this terrifying uh terrifying cold but then also uh when he uh he's very controlled but he is controlling something very scary right Uh, and um you see him seemingly much more youthful and playful uh, at least a little bit more so and you actually Mm -hmm. see him express emotion at the death of somebody right uh and Uh, somebody close to him and in this and so you kind of wonder like i guess that's the road that that walt is going down yeah maybe he will become some version of tuco or maybe like Gus. you don't know yeah that's a good question Mm -hmm. in a way you could almost see him more being tuco than gus just because gus was able to be so pragmatic and keep it all inside Mm -hmm. and walt has Walt has this need to flex his ego mm-hmm. that is going to be his undoing. Do you have, uh, do you have any predictions about um, where this season will go? See? Well, one one idea could be that, because we've got two, basically two seasons left, two abbreviated seasons. Mm-hmm. So I guess what would make sense is, uh, if this season is about Walter at the top, mm-hmm. And then next season is about his fall mm-hmm. from power. Right. The question is like, when is that to flash forward going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, because that seems to be I mean, right that at seems the to end be of the series. Like that's kind yeah. of him. I mean, that seems end. to be that seems to be him having fallen from power, mm-hmm. right? Or seeking revenge on something on mm-hmm. someone, right? He's, I mean, that could be like you know his family has been killed or someone's been killed and he's out for revenge or mm-hmm. it could be that he's taking the fight to Jesse. If that, right. j- if Jesse has become his rival, mm-hmm. uh, it certainly makes sense that Jesse might be the one to take him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't uh, do you if, think- I feel like it has to come to a point where it's Walt versus Jesse and Jesse has to defeat Walt. Or do you think I, th- maybe it's Walt versus Hank or maybe even Skylar versus Hank? Like, uh, uh, that's true. Hank is a, Hank is still a force out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like Walt, my guess is that Walt will outlast Hank. Mm-hmm. You think, like... Uh, yeah, I think that'll be part of his slide, is uh, that he'll have to kill Hank or something. Right, and then that will... Yeah. Then that will push Skylar against him? Maybe. Think? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm uh, yeah, Skyler. there's a lot of forces at work. Mm-hmm. Or do you think Skyler... Somehow, I... What do you, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I... I it's fairly hard, because the show always surprises you. Yeah, I think... Um, hmm. um, so I think either this is about his him being on top and then next season is his fall. Or maybe this season will end with some horrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. I think in the tragedy sense that you want, which is that as a result of his hubris, he loses someone important like his family. Right. It seems like, uh, yeah, it and seems then, like he will like this, maybe at the end of the first season, he will be, he will either have lost someone very important to him. Mm-hmm. Perhaps Skylar, perhaps I feel like Walter would be like the last thing. Like, Walt Jr. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know. Maybe Walt... May, I have a feeling the baby will survive and Walt uh-huh. Jr. will not survive. Uh-huh. uh I think, like... I'm not sure... But it sp- could be that he's going to lose someone like that by the end of the season. And then next season will mm-hmm. pick up from this flash forward. Right. And he'll have to... And he'll be seeking revenge. But, you know, and everything will be ruined in the course of that. Right. I think, yeah. Like, he... Yeah, perhaps, like, things will be okay... Yeah, maybe maybe Hank will die at the end of this season, mm-hmm. maybe, and then he will uh, perhaps be on the way towards saving his family, and then like we'll lose them uh-huh. by the end of maybe. the next one. I don't know. Yeah. So, and I don't know. I don't know. Do you think Mike will survive this season, or will Mike die? I don't know. He might have to get Mike out of the way. Mm-hmm. Mike is also a great character. Yeah, I incredible love that character. badass old man. So let's see. Um, So thank you everybody for sitting through this. Uh, Thank you uh, to Tammy. Tammy. For for enjoying it. For enjoying uh, it and for passing it along. to uh, also. To her friend James. To James. Who hopefully is still listening. Yes, keep listening. Uh, Thank you to Jeremy who asked for more podcasts. James, if you have any requests for uh, the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. We will incorporate them. Gladly Gladly uh, In fact, anyone at this point uh, Who's watching Or, listen I mean, uh, who's watching the show uh, We feel sorry for Listening to the show uh, We're more on board with <laughs>